Hello and welcome to New Mercy Moms, your grief and hope podcast. I'm your host, Kathy, and I am so thankful that you are here. I am so sorry that you've lost a child. I know it's so hard. I've been there, but I want you to know two things. You are not alone, and Jesus wants to meet you in your pain. Why keep praying when there is no answer? Oh man, I hear you. Maybe there's something missing from your life that you wish was there. Maybe there's something in your life that you wish wasn't there. Maybe it's both. If you've gone through child loss like me, you undoubtedly would love to see and hold your child again. And you hate the painful ache that permeates your heart and life. I get it. Maybe you've been praying for a rainbow baby, which is a baby that comes after loss. And it's been years and there's still no one to fill that nursery with their warmth or with whom to share your motherly love. Or maybe it's harder than I can even describe. I am so sorry. It's all very hard. So why keep praying when there's no answer? Well, over the years, I feel like I've struggled with all the D words, right? (laughs) Like discouragement, depression, and even despair. I poured my heart out in prayer to God. I've journaled through my heartache so that if or when God did did decide to answer, that I'd have a record of the depths from which he brought me out. I found that my joy was completely gone. Even the things I used to love doing, like singing, playing volleyball, or like just anything, just they were all tainted by the pain of loss. I hated life without my son. Am I there now? Thank God, no. But there was no one thing that helped. There was no one verse or one prayer, one friend or one mantra or one therapist. No, not one thing. It was the thousands of micro things that God put in my life over the years to slowly chip away at the scars and bed the deep, precious memories. And light up my soul with a joyful fire for things that are not seen. One of those micro things was a quote I came across a few years ago from a guy named Nick Vucicic. When you put your happiness in temporal things, then your happiness will only be temporary. This quote struck me at that time. I mean, like it kind of stopped me in my tracks and I started thinking really deeply about it. What am I basing my happiness on? Because I am so unhappy. Am I only unhappy if the future seems bright? Is my happiness based on getting what I want when I want it? Do the things that make God happy make me happy? So often when I pray for sunshine but get rain, I am unhappy. I pray for health and ease, but the opposite comes and I'm discouraged. I say things like, there's hardly any sunshine in my life. And when there is some, it's easily forgettable. I can't see any good. I couldn't feel joy without pain. But then it struck me that day. Not only is it completely childish to say that I have nothing good in my life, but it's completely ignoring the good work of the sovereign God in my life. So why would God allow rain instead of sunshine? What's the purpose of rain? Why would, and I use this like as a metaphor, okay? 
but why would God allow hard things to continue in my life instead of bringing the good things that I pray for? I mean, doesn't God want life for, for me? Doesn't he want me and my son or, you know, my, my family to experience life and goodness? Well, as I meditated on this quote, a few thoughts came to mind. Rain nourishes. It enriches the soil and it's a vital part of growing vegetation and fruit, which is needed for the health of the earth and all of us on it. Rain washes. Through the washing of the rain, dirt and dust are washed away. Rain smooths. The brokenness of the dry soil is filled and smoothed by the nourishing rain. Rain moves. It can be the catalyst for or or may even become the wave that brings a ship where it is supposed to go. So rain nourishes, it washes, it smooths, and it moves. But what if we switched out just one letter? Let's switch out the letter R for the letter P. Now, when we consider God's sovereignly planned pain, the way we consider his sovereignly brought rain, we may think of it this way. Pain nourishes, pain washes, pain smooths, and pain moves. Okay, so pain nourishes. It brings nourishment of God's word deeper into the soil of my heart. And it's a vital part of growing me to be more like Christ. Pain washes. Through tears, my eyes are open to sin and brokenness in my own heart and the abundant kindness of God. Pain smooths. The brokenness of my torn up heart is filled and smoothed by the gentle Jesus. Pain moves. It can be the catalyst for, may even become the very wave that throws me against the rock of ages, which is from a quote from Charles Spurgeon. Shall I kiss that wave or the rain slash pain that made it? Shall I embrace it? That's something to consider. So my life's proverbial rain is used by God in his great rescue plan for my life. Rain helps me see God more clearly. So when I think about these things, when the rain comes, what do you do? When that pain comes, what do you do? Where do you go? Are you a runner like me? When we think about where we go when the pain comes, do you run? Because when I experience pain, I want to escape it. I want it to end. I easily get overwhelmed. But as a friend recently reminded me, hard doesn't mean bad. Now, There are definitely situations where wisdom would guide you to get out of a dangerous situation. If so, please do that. I'm not saying we should stick it out in the painful moments if it's dangerous for us or for those around us. I'm not talking about that, like an abusive situation or something. But perhaps your pain looks more like child loss or infertility or fear of losing another child. That's the story of my life, guys. And as I prayed about the pain in my life and reflected over what God wants me to do, obviously, I can't run from it. The only thing that keeps me in the pain is love. Love? Why would love keep us in pain? Well, for me, this is how that has looked over the years. The initial years after loss... uh, I wanted to run from the pain in my life, but love for my husband kept me from doing anything drastic and it moved me to communicate my deep pain so that I could get the help I needed. 
When words fail, what do you pray? I know I've been there. When I lost my child, I didn't know what to pray. And that's what drove me to create this free guide, Bible Prayers for Bereaved Parents. I want to send that to you. So if you would like to get this, go ahead and go to newmercymoms.com forward slash prayer dash guide. And you can get our Bible Prayers for Bereaved Parents delivered straight to your inbox. Now, please don't forget this. It really could be life-changing. Your Bible-based prayer guide is just a few clicks away. I also knew that if I did something, friends and family would really struggle with believing Jesus is really good and worth living for. And even though I was working deeply through my view of God, His love for me continued to sustain me when I was in depths of great pain. Well, as the years rolled on, we had unexplainable infertility. The pain of seeing negative pregnancy tests month after month was so hard. We spent two years trying to adopt. We got matched two different times, but it fell through. And just as a side note, I just want you to know it's complex, but I am so thankful that the mother did feel supported enough to decide to parent. But still, like that brings a renewed sense of loss. Love caused us to keep trying, though, for both a biological and adopted baby. At the very least, the mothers who were in very difficult situations and considering adoption learned that there was at least one more family who deeply loved and cared for them and their baby. I just want to be clear that this next section does contain triggers, so here's a clear trigger warning. Just skip ahead about three minutes and you'll go right past this. Um, this section and go right back into the encouragement part of this podcast. Well, recently, one of my living children struggles with seizures. Those are so scary. You feel so helpless when they're happening and they're becoming more frequent. And this is how God has grown me though. When my child had his first seizure a couple years ago, he choked on a piece of dinner, he turned blue, and he seemed lifeless when his convulsing ended. And God helped my husband rescue him and prompted several friends and neighbors to come and help and call 911. But I was in a panic. I started to immediately despair and like moan and cry out because I thought I was losing another child. I was completely useless to help in any way. Then, about a year later, the second time this happened, it was Christmas Eve and we were with family And it started happening, and my sister-in-law, thank God, is a nurse, and she helped tremendously. But I had a panic attack, and I had to leave the room for a few minutes. But then God helped me gain control over my emotions, and I was able to be there for my child. But then yesterday, my child had three seizures, which got longer each time. They were screaming and moaning during them, and they vomited after, and it was very scary. This was the worst it's been, and it was so unsettling. But I thank God because he helped me have complete control over my emotions so I could actually be a help and be there for my child. Great love kept me in the pain and gave me resilience. Okay, so if you're listening now, the trigger section is over and now we're back into the encouragement section, okay? And I want you to know that I don't say this out of pride, that I was able to be resilient through this hard trial. If that were the case, I don't think I'd share where I came from. But I share this to say, look what God has done. He is changing me and he can change you too. So let's look at Jesus. 
What could have kept him on the path to the cross, like the most painful thing we can imagine? I mean, he knew full well what was ahead, and he was greatly distressed over it. He even prayed that his cup of suffering would pass from him. I mean, if God is going to hear anybody, he's going to hear his son, right? But he kept going. Why? Why did Jesus keep going towards pain? Because of love. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And here's the point. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now listen to this part. Verse 3 of Hebrews 12. Consider him who endured for sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So what was the joy that was set before Jesus? It was you and me, sinners for whom he endured the cross. Wow. When I think about that, I'm just blown away. I feel like that's such a powerful passage that really meets me where I'm at. So let me encourage you, love may have you stay in the pain. But I also want to think about not just where do you go, but what do you grasp? Now, when pain happens and you're trying to find some solution, maybe you're a problem solver like me or something, um, what do you grasp onto? Well, I can tell you what my natural tendency is to grasp for. Temporary things that make me feel good or bring a small level of comfort. Maybe they help me feel like I can escape from the pain for a minute or feelings of control, right? This could look like retail therapy or uh, extended time in the bathroom while scrolling on my phone, right? Daydreaming away the pain or complaining about where I am. But what should we grasp? Well, let's look at the word. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 says, Therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. We are in the pain. We're in the rain. Yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. That is such a gift from God. For our light and momentary troubles, <laughs> when you compare them, right? are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. Do you know who said this? This was Paul. I mean, how can he, who was beaten so many times for his faith, say these were light and momentary troubles? He was in prison. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was like, it was crazy what he went through. He said they're light and momentary. I hope that helps put things in perspective for you because it really does for me. But then it continues. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we should grasp onto what will last. That's God's word, the Bible. First Peter 1 says in 24 and 25, For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower fails or falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. So what does that look like though practically, right? What does it look like to grasp onto what is eternal, what is unseen? Um, 
And ultimately, we do that through knowing and reading and understanding the Bible. So what does that look like? Well, obviously, you can read it. (laughs) You can simply take out your Bible or pull up a Bible app and read. But there are also other ways, too. You can listen to it. And personally, I love podcasts. I love the Dwell app. You can listen to the Bible in so many ways on the Dwell app with background music, different speakers, different speeds, on repeat, etc. But my favorite and most frequently used feature is their playlist. They have like a playlist of scripture for all the feelings like loneliness, a playlist for anger or depression, anxiety, etc. And I found that to be so helpful when I'm overwhelmed or nearly so with heart pain just that's permeating my thoughts and feelings. One of the most powerful ways to read scripture, though, is prayerfully. As you read it, pray it. Not sure what I mean? Well, I'll give you an example with Psalm 70 in a bit. But first, I want to share why this is so powerful. Now, I don't know about you, but I know sometimes when my heart and my mind are reeling from pain, I cannot think very well. And I often don't know what to say, especially if people ask me questions. I'm like, don't ask me questions. I don't even know what's going on. But God knows what's going on. He knows what's going on in our hearts and our minds. And so in his kindness, he's given us words to pray in the Bible. Did you know that about one third of the Psalms are Psalms of lament? That means that the author was going through a deeply hard time and was bringing his prayerful cry to God. I am so thankful that God has preserved these inspired pieces for us. They teach us how God interacts with us and our pain. And these Psalms of Lament teach us how to cry out to our faithful God. Okay, so for example, Psalm 70. Feel free to follow along in your Bible if you have one. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Okay, so for example, Psalm 70, feel free to follow along in your Bible if you have one. I'm going to pray this not just for myself, but also for you who are listening. If you've gone through child loss, I'm praying this for you too. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Oh Lord, make haste to help me. Oh God, see my see me. Do you see my pain? Please help. Let them be put to shame and confusion who seek my life. Let them be turned back and brought to dishonor who delight in my hurt. And really, this could, this is where you can really pray specifically about your pain. So, God, I pray that you would bring life, that you would help me as I've lost my child and I have a living one that I'm fearful of losing. God, help my child to live. And God, I pray for the person listening as they have lost, Lord. It is so hard and you know what that's like. So God, I pray that you would help them meet them in their needs, specifically where they're at. Lord, if there is sickness in in their child, Lord, I pray that you would heal. And God, I pray that if they're struggling with their faith, that you would give them faith, increase their faith, Lord. Just like um, in the New Testament where that man says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So please help us in our need. 
And then the scripture says, let them turn back because of their shame who say, aha, aha. And knowing the grace of Jesus, I might pray, those who know my story and those who know the story of that, that person, this person listening, and they're watching it unfold, God, would you show mercy to them and help them to turn from seeking worthless things and instead see your goodness in our stories and in our lives and then love and glorify your name. May all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say evermore, God is great. God, I want your name to be glorified through this pain that we're in. I want all who look and see to not be devastated, but to be moved to hope in you. But I am poor and needy, so hasten to me, O God. I am in desperate need of you. I'm nothing without you. I need you, Jesus. You are my help and my deliverer. Oh Lord, do not delay. I look to you, you alone for help. So please, God, help. In Jesus' name, amen. So that's an example of how you can pray through a scripture. There's so many ways to do it, and that's just one way. And you don't even have to do it word for word like me. But I just use the word as like a catalyst for my own words and the direction of my own prayer. Now, I also want you to think about how rain ultimately then, or pain ultimately, helps you to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And that's where my happiness should lie, right? In God. We could rearrange Nick's quote. Initially, he said, when you put your happiness in temporal things, then your happiness will only be temporary. But we could say, when you put your happiness in the eternal God, then your happiness will be eternal. This is why we keep praying when there is no answer. Pain helps me to long for something beyond. It helps me long for rest. And ultimately, we know that rest will not come this side of heaven. So let our pain push us to God. Psalm 1611 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So then, I just want to encourage you. Let us find happiness in sunshine or rain because we find happiness in God. So why keep praying when there's no answer? Well, as we navigate the complexities of life's pain and the unanswered questions, the unanswered prayers, It's vital to remember the profound truth that our ultimate joy and fulfillment lie in God, not in the temporal circumstances we often fixate on. This journey through grief, loss, and heartache, as terrible as it is, it actually has the potential to draw us closer to Jesus, whose love and presence provide resilient comfort and hope. Remember Jesus, who endured the cross for the joy set before him. It's through him that we can have the strength to endure. I think of Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Let that be your mantra, if you will. In him, our joy and comfort, unlike the fleeting treasures of this world, become everlasting. So let's embrace this journey. Even though it's very hard, we can trust that every tear and trial, it's a part of God's grand tapestry for your life. 
his sovereign plan. And ultimately, it's for his glory and our good. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. I can't express enough how grateful I am that you're a part of this journey with us. Whether you are a mom who's lost a child or you know someone who has, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter. As a thank you, we put together some really heartfelt Bible-based prayers just for parents like us who've gone through loss. They've been an encouragement to me personally, and I hope they can be for you too. You'll find all the details in our episode description. And if today's episode spoke to your heart, I'd be so thankful if you could leave a review. It's not just about helping our podcast grow. It's about reaching other parents also who might need to hear that they're not alone in this. Make sure to hit follow on New Mercy Moms on your favorite podcast app. Each week, we talk about how we can practically lean into Jesus as we find hope and healing on our grief journey after child loss. Don't forget to join our little family on Facebook too. We're sharing, supporting, and just holding space for each other every day. Your voice, your story, it matters so much in this space. And as we wrap up today, just remember, even on the toughest days, you are not alone and Jesus wants to meet you in your need. Sending you all my love and prayers for comfort and strength until we meet again. This is Kathy Klum signing off for New Mercy Moms. And remember, your pain will push you somewhere. Your pain needs to push you to God. See you next time. Thank you.